Are you ready to become awesomer? Hello, everyone. My name is Umar Hamid. I'm your host on the No Limit Selling Podcast, where industry leaders share their tips, strategy, and advice on how you can become better, stronger, faster. Just before we get started, I've got a question for you. Do you have a negative voice inside your head? We all do, right? I'm going to help you remove that voice in under 30 days guaranteed. Not only remove it, but transform it. So instead of the voice that sabotages you, there's one that propels you to much higher levels of performance and success. There's a link in the show notes. Click on it to find out more. All right, let's get started. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the No Limit Selling Podcast, where we talk to industry leaders about how they grow their business, how they grow their people, and how... They keep everything balanced so they don't go crazy. And today we've got uh, Scott Sharp here with us today. He's a realtor in New York City. Scott, welcome to the show. <laughs> no, thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. You know, what's kind of interesting is uh, real estate on one side of things is pretty darn simple. But the only difficult part is uh, the people and our own mindset make it uh, challenging. Uh, would you agree with that statement? Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. It's all about um, it, it's it's all about relationships and people and mindset. I think you said it exactly right. One of the things I often joke with my clients is I'm kind of their psychotherapist, if you will. Oh yeah. Um, you know that 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 is so important because of the magnitude of what they're about to do. Um, the reason I got into real estate is because I, you know, one of the many reasons, but I think one of the main ones is. I just believed in, you know, how owning real estate in this country, you know, if you look at what the government has done to, you know, with Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac to buy back these loans, right? It just makes sense if you can afford it in any way possible. It's just so much better to purchase than rent and it can really set you up long term and I think it can change people's lives. And so it, it's it's important to do. It's a big purchase and uh, it can be stressful. So that's why... You know, I often say, yeah, I'm I'm kind of your therapist through this because yeah. uh, it's it, it always ends up being a roller coaster. But yeah, I, I couldn't agree more with those statements. A couple of things come up as you said that uh, I was talking to one of the giants in Canada. I happened to be in Toronto today, and uh, he was just saying the best real estate market in the world is the U.S. because the prices are still lower than they should be. And number two is you can write off your interest, which you can't do in Canada. So it's like the government saying, buy a house. This is how you get wealth for you and your family and how you make a difference uh, for generations to come. And so, yeah, being a therapist is really uh, part of the job descriptions because, number one, you need to shrink yourself because how mentally strong you as a realtor determines how well you do in this industry. And also, uh, you need to hold the hands of your clients because we all have this interesting relationship with money because money isn't money money is emotions and when you're talking about they want an extra ten thousand dollars more some people are going ten thousand dollars is like oh my god it's the end of the world when it's like you know maybe you know one percent of the entire purchase and it's not that big a deal but uh, that's where the realtor comes in to kind of say stay calm it's okay we can make this happen uh so yeah it's like uh, such a critical role to help these transactions happen a hundred percent. A hundred percent. I, um, first of all, to kind of unpack what you said there, I, I, I agree with your friend in Canada. I think the market is, is, is stronger than people think right now. Right. I, you know, people, you know, everybody hears this historically interest rates are not that high. Right. I think what, what I've seen with my clients is 
with the pandemic, you had, you know, such low coming out of the pandemic and quantitative easing and everything the government did, we, you know, interest rates were so low. So 6%, if they had gone up gradually from three to six, but it went up within a year. So if you're looking for a house a year ago, which is not, you know, it's, it's not unusual. Okay. People spend years looking for, for their first purchase and you were estimating paying three and now you're paying six. It's hard to kind of swallow that. So if it had gone up gradually, but I think this time next year, you know, because I don't think interest rates are going to necessarily come down. They may, you know, there may be slight ups and downs, but in a year for it's still at 6%, people are going to, you know, it's back to that therapist, the, psycho- the psychology of it. People are going to just feel more comfortable with it. And so, you know, as people get more comfortable with the interest rates being, I actually think the market's kind of strong. If you look at New York City, we actually, you know, even in 2021, where I worked for Corcoran, Corcoran had its best year mm-hmm. ever in 2021. But if you look at, you know, I think in everywhere in the country did, did, did so good and prices were probably the highest they've ever been. In New York, we still never got to that average uh, that we saw. And, and this is Manhattan in particular, never got as high as 2016 was. So I still see people who purchased 2016 or, or roughly around that area looking to sell now and they're actually losing a little bit of money. So I do think, not that I think prices are going to continue to go up. I, I, I think they're coming down a bit, but I do think that's still a good time to buy. And I, I've actually had pretty good, you know, uh, traction this, you know, the first couple of weeks of the year. But yeah, I, I, you know, it, it's it's the biggest purchase someone's ever going to make. And, you know, I, I really try to work with my clients to, to kind of get in the right mindset and to understand that, yeah, I mean, that 10000 20000 50000 100000 that you may have to put down in a uh, down payment, yeah, it, it's 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 tough to let that money go and 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 send that over in one big wire transfer. But if you think about, you know, the risk, yeah, if you have to sell in five six years, you may lose. Worst case scenario, let's say you lose fifty thousand dollars, you would have spent way more than that in rent yeah. over five years. <laughs> so, uh, and you don't get those benefits. Yeah, I mean, the interest portion of your mortgage, you can write off your your uh, income in in the U.S. with your real estate taxes, you can write that off. And, um, you know, especially in the beginning, most people don't make it through 30 years, but, you know, the payments are the same, but in those first few years, the majority of that is, is yeah, is uh, interest. So, uh, yeah, there's just so many benefits. And if if you can do it, I'm a huge believer. And then, you know, obviously I, I can't predict this, and I and I and I, I tell my clients, listen, if somebody's telling you, oh, the market's going to do this, oh, the market's definitely going to do this, probably maybe walk away from that person because I don't think the best expert in the world knows what the market's going to do. Um, it's like the stock market. You just kind of got to get in. You can't time it. But there is an yeah. opportunity for, right, if you own it, you know, there is an opportunity for appreciation. So yes, I, I'm I'm a huge believer, and and I know it's a long answer, but I I I I just get excited about it because I think it can change people's lives, and that's why I got into business. Right. So uh, are you a, a solo guy, part of a team, or do you run a team? I'm a solo guy. I am looking to start my own team. I've actually not been in real estate that long. I, I got my license at the very end of 2018, and 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 started uh, brand new to the industry in 2019. So. You know, I, I work with many people who've been in the industry for 30 years. And, and you know, you see that a lot in New York City because, um, you know, people, you know, it's it's a there's, there's a lot of brokers in New York City. 
But um, you know, I've been lucky that I've that I've been able to have a decent amount of success. And um, I joke, you know, my name is Scott Sharp, and, and I, I I think I had to get in real estate once I figured that out with 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 the last name Sharp. And it's just uh, you know, it's it's been a good kind of start to my career. But yes, I would like yeah, to eventually absolutely. have the Sharp uh, team. Well, probably the best name I've <laughs> ever come across was a Chinese dude that came over from uh, the mainland. <laughs> And uh, his last name was Penn, and he wanted to get like uh, an American name, and he accidentally picked Peter. And can you imagine getting that call? Uh, Peter Penn wants to talk to you. He's like, damn right, I want to talk to him Peter right Penn. now. That's fantastic. So, uh, so are you from uh, Hawaii? No, no. Uh, I was born in Pakistan, raised in the UK, Canadian citizen, lived in the US for like a gazillion years, and uh, now just traveling the world. That's fantastic. Good for you. There's a there's a Pakistani gentleman um, who's got a great story. Shad Khan uh, owns the Jacksonville Jaguars now. Made his money making bumpers for Toyota. But fantastic story if 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 you know anything about I'll him. Look it up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's um, let's do a speed round. Uh, so one of the areas where realtors struggle is asking for referrals and getting referrals. So what's your best advice on how to get referrals? It's a great question. There's many ways to do it. I, I, I had, I was having a phone call. So let me start with this. The best way I think is to, you know, do a good job for the client. So, you know, uh, easier said than done. But one of the things that I do is, is I try and, and, and you can drive yourself crazy doing this, but I try not to you know, and and this is why I want to build a team because you can't give all your time to everybody, unfortunately. But in the beginning, if you're going to start in this business, whether you've got a client who wants to rent a nine hundred, a thousand dollar apartment, or you've got a buyer who wants to buy a million dollar apartment, try to give everybody because that that a thousand dollar rental can someday turn into a buyer, can turn into a seller. You just never know. You know, every relationship that you make, every person that you meet, and the great thing with taking a rental client out is the way I do it is, you know, okay, have an intro call. We will develop a criteria, develop a strategy, pick a day, go out, see a lot of places. So you're spending, you know, quite a bit of time with this individual and you can get to know them. So the best referrals come from someone who you've worked with previously and done a good job, and they're going to refer, uh, refer you a trusted friend. It's really hard unless you just kind of, you know, uh, just, you know, it, it should be really hard to screw it up. If Umar, you come to me and say, hey, I, I've got my friend, Scott, you helped me find an apartment. You did such a great job. Here's my friend, Joe, help Joe. Well, that's the best referral you can get because, you know, you start – with, you know, you're starting on third base. You're leveraging the trust. Yeah, so, here's something to add ahead. to that is to, when you start that relationship with a client, helping them find the right place, you need to sow the seeds of referrals right up front. I'm going to do a fabulous, I'm going to do such a fabulous job that you're going to be referring your friends to me would be a nice statement to do. Not that I want you, just saying this is what you will do. And as you go and reinforce it as you go, of course you need to do a great job. But oftentimes people never actually end up asking for referrals at the end, which, uh, you know, their own internal fear or hesitation. So you need to ask consistently 
And you need to uh, lay down the groundwork to be able to do that as well. It's a fantastic point. And I always make it, you know, I try not to make it too salesy or too just kind of, right? I, I, I typically don't mention it in the first interaction I have with somebody, but on the second or third, you know, everyone's got friends. Everyone's got people that, that, you know, that, that they know. And I will throw it in there casually and say that, you know, listen, you know, if, if you want to help a friend out, listen, just let me know. And, and I actually pay people referral fees, you know, for rentals, I'm not paying thousands of dollars. You know, I will give somebody, Hey, listen, if you refer me somebody and they do a deal, I'll give you a hundred bucks, you know? And, and, and I think it's worth it in the end. And, and, and I do that. It's not from the company, you know, it's my own money. And, um, you know, that's another way if you feel necessary that I think, you know, giving a little bit, even if it's 50, hundred bucks, at least it's something, but you know, throw it in there casually. It says thank you. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. And, um, yeah, I, I I heard somebody. So I was on the I was on a call with the financial planner the other day uh, from Northwestern Mutual, and I and and been talking to this guy for a while. Have not done any business with him, but at the end of a call, he said, "Hey, do you got?" And I was on I was on with my wife, and he said, "Do you guys mind? I've gone through your both of your LinkedIn connections, and I've actually have a list of people that we're both mutually connected with." Would you mind if I take five minutes and run through this list and tell me if you know these people? It was kind of a fun for us because he's throwing out names. Oh, yeah, I know this person. I don't know this person. And it it was a way that he said, you know, I would say, oh, yes. And he, he was asking us if we knew that person, would, would, would we feel comfortable if he reached out to them? And said that, hey, I'm working with Scott, and my wife's name Erica. I'm working with Scott, Erica, and I just thought that was a really cool idea. And I'm going to start yeah, employing it in my business. So, uh, second question: a lot of uh, people struggle with follow up, like realtors following up. Because one of the things that really sucks, Scott, is you eventually follow up with someone. And it's like, oh my god, we just referred a friend to somebody else because you hadn't followed up often enough. So, how do you? advise people, agents, to continue following up and how often should they follow up? It's a great question. You know, I, I always got worried that I would be annoyed. I would be annoying to people, right? I think that's, that's a, you know, at least for me, I think that's a human, it's something that we're ingrained to do. We, you know, we don't like, you know, putting ourselves out there, especially, you know, and badgering people with, hey, you know, I'm here. Do you need to buy a home? Do you need, you know, do you need my help? And you know, I realized that when I would have other people do it to me in whatever lines of business, I didn't, you know, it, it didn't annoy me and I actually respected them for it. So I just kind of, I, I said, Scott, throw all that out the window. You know, obviously you don't want to be overbearing, but I think, you know, depending on the client, if, if they, if you know that they need to buy or need to rent or need to sell within the next, you know, six months, you may want to do it at a higher frequency. However, you know, I think, I think once a quarter is a, is a really good. So you're hitting someone four times a year, and um, I think it's a really good way to follow up. I, I do a I do a quarterly newsletter. Um, you know, I try to do it monthly, but I just think it's 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 a lot of work. And, and if I can get you know some some help, I might do it. But I'd rather quality over quantity. And so I, I also do I also do holiday cards, Christmas cards, and. Um, you know, I just had a baby. We put our baby. It has nothing to do with my business, but 
I have human a, to human connection. Exactly. I have a list now. And I'm telling you, everyone from clients to to uh, in New York City, these all these apartment buildings are managed by these third party management companies. And you have to go through them to get board approvals. And they're a really key part of the business. Um, you know, I've made contacts with them. You know, people are always badgering them for us. You know, I've I add them to my holiday card list and I've got thousands of people now. And if I have somebody pop my head, I just I have a Google Doc. I add them. I add their address. And then at Christmas time or holidays, you know, you send them a card and, and it just keeps it keeps it keeps you fresh in their mind. And, and it's nice. kind of a soft sale. And so I think four times a year. But if you have somebody that's a hot lead, I, you know, I think you have to follow up with them aggressively and, and, and just don't worry about overbearing. People will tell you if if you're being overbearing. It depends how you do it. Your intent of the connection, I think, uh, force is probably a little low. Uh, probably need more, but the thing is, people don't remember most of the times you touch base with them. But if somebody in the next three weeks says, "Oh, I'm thinking about real estate," then remember it. If it was like three months ago that you sent your last uh, posting, it's there. So here's two quick questions for you. Number one: What's the best advice you've ever gotten in real estate to be a better agent? Yeah. So the best advice is for me is that deals are done in the intro conversation. And, um, you know, obviously every deal is a little bit different, but one of the things, so, so I'm with Corcoran. I started with a smaller firm, Cooper and Cooper real estate. When I, when I first began, I was with them for a year and a half and they are, they were the best place to start the two guys, family brokerage, they, they, they've done it for 17 years and they, they have a really good model. They train, they, they have a really good training program. You know, you take your licensing exam, you get a, you know, you get your license, right? The do's and don'ts and the basics, but you really don't know how to, how do I execute a rental transaction? How do I, how do I put together a, a tour for a client? They really train you on those things. But one of the things that that, that I do, and, and we called it an ISC or an IRC, intro sales conversation or intro rental conversation. If I have a client that reaches out and I can get them on the phone, and, I, and, and I've had intro sales conversations go two hours before. If you can spend an hour with somebody on the phone and they're not wanting to, you know, and, and develop a rapport with them, and, you know, we're talking about the entire pro, especially first time buyers. This is really effective. Talk them through the entire process of buying, you know, pre-approval, you know, how to make offers, what they need to do to close. And then to obviously talk about their criteria and what they want to buy and develop a plan. You know, it's a, you know, really detailed, you know, helpful conversation for them. And then follow up with them. You know, I, I take notes, follow up with them immediately as quick as possible if you've spent an hour with somebody on the phone and sent a really detailed, they are that's the foundation for a sale. Exactly. They are going to use you. Now they may not buy, right? But if they buy, if they do a deal, they should use you. And, and I just, I thought that was fantastic advice and I still do it to this day. You know, I try to get people on the phone initially develop a rapport. And, and I think deals can be done in that intro conversation. Obviously you have to execute afterwards, but you know, relationship, you know, the, the, the real, the relationship, the trust with even someone who's a total stranger can, can be developed in, in that, in that intro conversation. And, and I, I've, you know, used that effectively throughout my career. 
Brilliant. Scott, we're going to put all your contact information in the show notes so people can find you. Uh, last quick question. What's a mind hack that you use to be more effective, more, be more productive, sexier, stronger, faster? Yeah, that's, that's a, that's a good one. I, I, you know, I, I have a, you know, sometimes, you know, a lot of commerce, the thing I dealt with when I got into real estate is because especially when you're dealing, I actually think more than commercial real estate, residential real estate can be more stressful because commercial real estate's a business deal. Residential real estate, someone's got to live there, right? This is going to be their home and, and it's really important to them and it can be stressful. And I've realized that people want the truth and it's really easy to get, I, I would stress myself when I started doing sales deals, hyper stress. I don't want to tell this person bad news. And I think you have to look and say, what would I want to be told, right? No one wants to be around the bush. So I think, you know, listen, put yourself in the client's shoes. Think about what's best for them. And, and, and the must, you know, as much as you can step back, take a deep breath, think about my daughter and how beautiful she is and, you know, the good things in life and then say, this is not so bad. This is not so bad. We're going to get through this. We're going to find a way, but you just got to relax and take a deep breath. And I think, you know, it's really helped me to, de to, to deliver the bad news because that's, that's a really tough thing to do in our industry. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's kind of the best mind hack. I've, I've got some others, but uh, you know, that's probably the most effective one. Brilliant. Scott, thanks so much for being on the show. Really appreciated it and looking forward to our next conversation. Omar, I appreciate it. Thank you, sir. If you enjoyed this episode, please go to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. And if you're looking for more tools, go to my website at nolimitselling.com. I've got a free mind training course there that's going to teach you some insights from the world of neuro-linguistic programming, and that is the fastest way to get better results. 